listening to episode 268 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, joined as always by my co-host Wayne as we complete our discussion of the season finale of Netflix series Dark. So this is part two of the discussion we started last week, and it was just too long to put in one three-hour podcast is what it would have come close to being, I think. Uh, you came so close to getting it. That's what she said, but, you know, just... <laughs> All right. And, you know, while I'm certainly psyched to finish this discussion, I'm certainly not psyched to be done with Dark. And I'm not sure we can ever be done with Dark. You know what I mean? Yeah. This 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 show haunts you, man. Like, and, I can't yeah, stop thinking I'm, about it, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure things will come up in discussion, pop into our heads. So, you know, we, we might bring it up in the introduction of, uh, you know, subsequent podcasts. But... Uh, I forgot to remind people last week that the email address is sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. If you want to touch base with us, go to the website, leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab, which somebody did this week. Record your own audio clip if you want. Send the MP3 as an attachment. Tweet us at sci-fi TV rewatch and consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. And I posted a video interview with Martha and Jonas on the Facebook group today. It's really awesome. And I hate them because their English is so damn good. They speak better English than (laughs) a good portion of the Americans. Right. Uh, But it made me wonder because of the response that dark has received worldwide. I wonder if they consider filming it with the character speaking English rather than German. Pull a, um, oh, what's, what's that show? The David Tennant, he's a detective. Kid. Broadchurch? Yeah, Broadchurch. Did they run that in America? Like they refilmed it? Well, they did, but they speak English in England, I think. Well, well no, they don't. Although he, speak, although he <laughs> speaks Scottish, so. They didn't change Broadchurch, really. They just film like i never even saw it like did anyone did anyone watch the american Broadchurch? i didn't i didn't either so i don't even know what it was like but yeah i mean like obviously your first thought was you know i i seem to believe that they speak english already in Broadchurch. so why are they refilming it in the states and everything so uh, i have no idea but okay. uh, speaking of england and I- i'm not sure of the reason but there's been a spike the past two months in our listenership in the united kingdom so oh, yeah? to all our friends in the uk glad to have you consider joining discussions in the facebook group and additionally i've added a link to the web page under the listen to sci-fi tv rewatch over on the right hand side So if you want to subscribe on Android, click the Android icon, and it'll take you to a page that gives you that option along with a couple of others. And it's through a third party we're associated with, Blueberry. And I am Android illiterate, so I hope it works. Let us know if it doesn't. Right on. All right. So uh, I'm going to give a quick tip of the week, and mine is the discovery I made of a free streaming channel called Dust or Dust X. They have a Facebook presence. There is an app for Roku, so I've added that, and I believe they have a website that you can go to, but it's sci-fi oriented. It's described as the new destination for thought-provoking science fiction, exploring the future of humanity through the lens of science and technology, 
cutting-edge movies, series, and short films. Dust brings established and emerging artists to the small screen. It's definitely worth checking out. I've watched a couple of the short ones, and you know the one, the ones I watch are around eight or nine minutes. They have longer ones, but as far as I can tell, it's all free. So cool. it's Dust or Dust X. Yeah, I got uh, I got the Roku television now, so I can go and uh, do that. Sounds good. So my pick. Well, besides, I can actually kind of like. Just kind of piggyback. I hate when people say piggyback, so I won't say it. Uh, I can add to what Dave just said. I, I um, just got the CW Seed app on my Roku, and it's got uh, Birds of Prey is on there. Really? Yeah. Now, did you have to pay extra for that? Nope. Or? No, it's free. Wow. Yeah. I'm writing that down as we speak. CW Seed. Yeah. All right. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty. Yeah, I was like, oh, birds of prey, cool. I actually started watching the first one again. Yeah, brought back some good oh. memories. <laughs> so, um, but so I, I, I've been kind of toying around, like uh, the you know I, I mentioned, uh, you know, of our I was listening to the our fake history podcast, but I actually caught up, and he goes two weeks between podcasts. I think it's actually between seasons right now. Uh, I've been kind of fishing around for, for new podcasts. I've been kind of hit and miss. Uh, I found one that I, I really liked. It was like the history of the English, the history of English, like the language, which I, I guess is not for everyone. Um, but if you are into, like really into uh, the English language, uh, you will probably be, it's very, 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 it's, it's really good, kind of academic I don't know if it's necessarily for everyone, but I liked it. Um, but I'm actually kind of into this one. It's uh, these two British guys doing, I think it's called uh, The History of Extraordinary Things or maybe Unextraordinary. I can't remember. But basically, every week they examine the history of like I th- like the first episode they did Windows, like the significance of Windows through history. And then they did Oranges and like smoke you know so they just take something very mundane and kind of examine its um you know its its significance through history and everything and you know and then they make these these incredible links you know like they linked oranges to like the gunpowder plot you know it actually brought back remember you know we were talking about uh that um one episode of dark angel where they talked about defenestration all the time and uh, they they brought back the defenestration in Prague, which we had, had talked about in that one. And then, like, right before I came home, they started doing this one about gloves. My ears kind of perked up because we did mention how future Jonas was wearing gloves uh, when he was kind of showing the machine uh, to Tanhouse. And, like, the first thing they said how, what you know, some of the things that gloves kind of symbolize, it means, like, it's kind of like you're hiding things, right? You're hiding. Like, people used to wear them because they didn't want other people to see what jewelry they had on to rob them, right? So they'd wear gloves to, to so you couldn't see what they were wearing. Uh, but also, it, like, gets between you and intimacy with other people because you can't, you can't touch people. You can't go skin to skin with other people. So I, I just, I, you know, that's something where... You know, just it was so funny because I just got home from work, just pulling up. I'm already thinking about the podcast, and he mentioned that about the gloves. I'm like, oh, well, that's hmm, that's something to think about, right? Cool. So, 
All right. Yeah. You mentioned Windows. You should have done Apple instead of oranges. Nice. All right. Well, let's get away from that before we really go off the rails here. So uh, we are continuing our discussion of Dark Episode 10 of Season on, 1 Dave. entitled Dave. Alpha. What? Dave. The weather. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Somebody man. Didn't... You just blasted yeah, right through is... that. Yeah. We're, we're experiencing dark weather again It's very here. winded-esque here in Maryland. Yeah. It's, oh, it's my God. raining and pouring, and I just want to get my yellow raincoat and stand out in it with my hood down for a little bit. And my wife complained that my tractor made the garage smell because of the wet grass that, you know, I mean, I, I used the blower to get as much grass off as possible, but it's like, well, can't, can't you just cut the grass when it's not wet? Yeah. Like, like when yeah. would that be? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we did our weather thing, so l- let's right. get to dark. Okay. Episode 10, season one, Alpha and Omega, written by Yante Frisia and Ronnie Shawk, directed as always by Baron Bo Odar. And obviously this is a continuation of last week where we talked about quite a few things, but one of the areas that we really didn't get to is Noah and who the hell is he? And certainly that's a question that, that a lot of the viewers and the listeners have been pondering whether or not Noah is Bartosh. Uh, but what the hell is he up to as well? So, right. you know, we see, we see 1986 Helga questioning Noah about what it is they're doing. And Noah goes through this long religious-esque diatribe sort of about yeah, your pain not, defines not a very good uh, priest. Like, oh no like if you're looking for uh you know spiritual guidance uh no is probably not your man right and do you remember when he mentions when he was younger yes. a stranger rented a room in his right. home so any ideas about who he's talking about because i've put a lot of thought into that yeah i mean you know honestly i i think on the most obvious level we're supposed to think because they are clearly leading us by the nose to make us think that Noah, like Bartosh becomes Noah, right? Okay. Um, that they're, they're definitely trying to lead us down that path. And so he even says a stranger, right? So, of course, we think, well, the stranger. And, of course, he did stay at, you know, the, the motel run by Regina Tideman. So, you know, I, I, and that's where now I'm starting to kind of like, like I, I'm pretty much backing off on all my theories now. I think, uh, in the light of of further reflection and evidence, um, because it just seems like the whole Bartosh's Noah thing. I just feel like they it's like too obvious, you know. But then there might be a a, a double switch on here, and uh, you know, where they 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 make it obvious, then that it turns out to be exactly what the the deal is. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, like. So so I kind of went through this thought process of like, oh, well, maybe he's talking about when the stranger came and stayed at the the Winded Arms. But then I'm like, well, you know, and then I don't know if that actually the, the description really fit very well with what. And because he also said like the, this person had been in in the war right now, Correct. of course, we're supposed to think World War Two because we know that Noah was as old as he is now back in 1953. But then actually that, when you really think about that, that doesn't make sense. Cause he was, 
he wouldn't have been a boy. He's too old to have been a boy during World War II. So maybe the you know we're meant to think World War One or I mean I don't know. There's I mean uh, okay, I don't know. Well, well, he says it. He looks like he had been in a war, and 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 like you, I mean, certainly we're, we're coming off of World War II in, in 1953. But I've mentioned several times, and I'm not going to go into any detail right now. And you and I are going to have to talk about this off air. But as I've mentioned, the first page of the season two premiere is out there. Baron Bo Odar has put that out there. And there are some spoilers there that might address this. I'm not going to say answer. And I haven't really looked at the full page in any detail. You know, it's like I glanced at it and I saw some things. So <laughs> just look at uh, that from the corner of your eye. Like exactly. I don't want to see it, but I kind of want to see it. Yeah. Well, well, we'll talk about that because uh, we could probably do uh, you know half hour podcast just talking about that one page. Oh, but anyway, I don't know. I don't uh, know Helga that. is still on board with Noah because it, it, well, it almost seems he? as if this is a pep talk on Noah's part that he senses that Helga is faltering in, in their mission. Right. Well, okay. So can we? Are we talking about Helga now? Because we, I got, as I said last time, we got a lot to say. Well, Helge. let's finish up with Noah, and then okay. we'll, we'll transition right to Helga. So I'm not going to get really into Helga right now. But, oh, but, okay. but, so, but, but uh, from Noah's perspective, yes, I agree with you. Like, again, that if we go with the Bartosh will become Noah, then yes, he is definitely talking to himself, which he would have already done. You know, like, it's like weird. It's kind of like the, the Jonas thing, you know, like, I was on the other side of this conversation then, you know, um, yeah, one of those deals. I still feel like I kind of like the idea of Bartosh will be Noah, but on the other hand, I think it just seems like they're, you know, making it too easy, you know? Okay, but even at this point, I mean, it, it's Noah and Helge, and, and Helge then says, well, who's next on the list? And Noah looks in the book, and I'm not sure why he had to, actually had to look in the book. I yeah. would think he would know who's next yeah. on the list. But for well, dramatic effect, he tells him Jonas Conwald. But where did Noah get this book? I mean, we don't have an answer to it. And, and obviously, we see Claudia give presumably the same book to Tronte and Peter. Right. right. But somewhere that book has its genesis. We don't know yet. Now, Noah tells Bartosh that older Jonas, by destroying the hole, will trigger its existence. And and this is one of those scenes that just makes you want to hold your head so it doesn't explode any more than it's already <laughs> exploded. Right. And he calls it a paradox, and, and we're all going, you think? <laughs> but <laughs> the idea that the device won't destroy the hole but create it, and in this whole causal loop, situation that we're in i guess you could argue it does both it creates it and destroys it and creates it and destroys it over and over but he mentions moving chess pieces and he mentions mads and mickle and, and uh oh the the little boy i can't remember his yassin. name now yeah uh, yassin as being pieces that had to be sacrificed so who's moving these pieces are we to assume it's claudia i mean he certainly seems to set her up as his foe in all of this yeah it definitely seems like you got 
you know, Claudia on one side and, and Noah on the other. And as he tells Bartosz, they are fighting for control of time, which is a bit heady. You know, that's a pretty big claim there. You know, like, Well, it is. And then when you think about, you know, our experience with time travel, if somebody wants to control it, it's because they want to change things. Right. So what does Noah want to change? What does Claudia want to change? And it seems Jonas is in the middle trying to stop both of them. Oh, I mean, I, I, I think we touched on this last time, but you know, I, I don't, uh, Noah is clearly making Jonas out to be a pawn of Claudia's, right? That he's exactly. being led around by the nose. He doesn't know what he's doing. But it just seems like, yeah, like it's not certain whether, because certainly Noah is quote unquote changing things because he's killing these kids. And so it seems like that's changing things um, unless it's like, oh, like travelers (laughs) where they take over a person's life right before they're supposed to die. Right. So maybe, you know, like these kids were supposed to die this time anyway and no, it's just taken him right before. I don't really believe that, but I'm just throwing that out there. You know, but then he uh, hand, he hands Bartosh the book with the times and dates. Right, right, so, right. So, so is this like the letter with Jonas that Noah, aka older Bartosh, is handing him the book that he will then carry with him for 33 years and or until Claudia takes it, which right she get or, then. Or, Right, because the other thing I noticed is that his copy, and, and it's admittedly difficult to tell, doesn't appear to be missing pages the way the right. copy that Peter and Tronte have is. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really notice the missing pages, but I know, like, Fred's mentioned it and you mentioned it, so uh, I, I believe you. So then that would definitely indicate, I mean, it's not like the book grew pages, so, you know, Claudia's version is definitely older, right? Well, especially since the one he hands Noah is pretty new looking, right? I think. I can't remember. No, it is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, the cover is barely worn. His Bartosh. Right. So, um, you, you know, and again, there, that's not to, to say that this is the same book, but it certainly, as you said, it really appears to be uh, the same book. But, you know, it just, it seems like, like they're not consistent because Claudia on the one hand is like, you know, take Mads and put him to where he's supposed to be. But on the other hand, it seems like she's trying to change things, right? I mean, sure, she's, you know, I don't know. So for both Noah and Claudia, it's tough to tell because it seems like at times they try to change things. At times they try to have things play out as they historically are meant to play out. You know, it's it's it, at this point, it's it's for me impossible to tell, like really, what the the motives are for each. And, and you know, where he has that whole light and shadow thing. Clearly, I mean, he of course, any um, madman, tyrant, psycho ever has believed that he, he was doing the right thing. And, right. And, and I mean, we certainly think he's the evil one, but he claims no, it's Claudia. Then again, as we said, any evil person, they always think that what they're doing is right. So it's not like, I'm doing this just because I'm evil and I want to be evil. No, they think they're doing the right thing or or what they are doing can be justified somehow. And of course, Claudia believes, uh, we assume, believes the same. So, 
really who is the the good guys who are the bad guys and well are those terms even relevant you know well listen why don't we transition over to helga i know you've been waiting all week to talk about yeah uh, his role and, and my little headline in my notes is helge crosses the line but i'll, I'll let you lead this discussion and well i'll let you take, let you, take you, you start off with what you got and i'll i'll, I'll just chime in as we go okay well uh, we see 1986 helge you know who's you know in his early 40s i guess drive to the cabin and he finds his 2019 self sitting on the porch and of course at first he doesn't recognize who this is and obviously the ear reveals his identity to him and we're not sure what uh, well do you think he picks up on that though well i think he does later on when they're standing there facing each other and older helge turns his head and you can you can see that he sees the ear yeah and whether he makes that connection well yeah is unclear right right and and he understands at this point that time travels a thing right so to, for right. your, so, your older self to pop up and say hi is not like out of the realm of possibility for him. All right. And he tells younger self, you have to stop. He's using you. Promises he makes to you are lies and tells him that Noah's not the chosen one, nor are you. He's pure evil. Don't make the same mistakes that I made. Right. So he verifies a lot of what we feel is the truth, but. We don't know that for sure, but then we see the accident on the highway at night when 1986 Helge is in his car and his older self basically T-bones him deliberately. Right, right. So, yeah, and and dies in the process, right? Exactly. So are we to assume that always happens, that older Helge always dies in this car accident and this is something that repeats itself that seems hard for me to believe right exactly here's here's the big point so as noah is speaking to bartosh about chess pieces and pawns and people carrying out what they're supposed to do they they are intercutting images of of helge right yes so the suggestion there is that helge is doing what Noah wants him to do. He's playing this out, but that doesn't really make sense. He's trying to convince his younger self to stop hanging with Noah, to stop doing what he's going to do. I mean, if he wanted to stop Noah, why would, and if he could remember from his younger days, an old guy, his older self coming up and warning him to stay away from Noah, why would older Helge play that out again if he wants to stop Noah, you know? So my, and you, you're going to be happy to hear this because what, you know, I, I mean, I'm solidly in the camp that Helge has just changed stuff. Like he changed by, by taking that accident because, well, I guess this is another thing because right after the accident, the newspaper article appears on uh, Charlotte's board, right? And she's looking at it. Um, well, he also, older Helge, seems to indicate that the loop will be broken tonight, which goes along with what you just said. Right, right. Was that article up on that board before is kind of the question, right? I mean, if it was, then he's just played out the loop. But if if it wasn't, then 
that would seem to indicate that Helge has changed things now. Right? Well, right. And I guess since we can't really read the article and, and Fred has mentioned to me, and again, I, I can't remember whether he mentioned it to me in a Facebook message or whether uh, in the group, but that there really were no significant details in the article because he obviously reads German and was right. able to deduce that. So we go back to why is older trying to kill his younger self? Is it to break the loop? Yeah, I mean, assuming that he's trying to, it's, he's just carrying out what Noah wants him to do, that that just really doesn't make sense. Right. Right? Because, I mean, like, like all of these, why would he Why would he bother? Because he knows what happens already. Now, you might argue, well, he's got dimension, so maybe he doesn't really remember so much. But that was like a pretty big part of when he recognized Ulrich is that all of a sudden he remembers stuff, right? Well, um, is I, his perceived dementia really just simply everybody else's reaction to what he knows to be and we subsequently know to be the truth? To me, older Helge carrying out Noah's plan as he meant, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's what's happening at all. I think Helge, in like seemingly insignificant Helge has somehow really changed the future, right? which might bring us to an apocalyptic 2019. Okay. Right? Like if Helge went back and stopped himself somehow, like he didn't kill himself, he didn't kill his younger self, but if he altered things, if he made that accident happen that didn't happen before, well, then now we're talking butterfly effect, right? Out from there. Well, because Helge's in the accident, what does he maybe not do that he was going to do? And then what causes what what causation follows from that and that and that until, okay, do we get 2019, a helicopter drone over and a lady who clearly is not Martha uh, knocking uh, Jonas in the face with a rifle butt? Yeah. <laughs> or is, um, that, is that even, like, so let's dial it back then. Is that 1986? You you mean in what we perceive to be the futuristic? Yeah. Well, I I have another theory on that that I'll, I'll get to in a little Though bit. I guess I mean, not because the accident was in '86. So let me go back. It, it, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe that is 2019. Maybe Helge has gone back and has totally changed the past. Well, I mean, one of the things that I noticed rewatching it again that that scene when Jonas is walking out into all the smoke and and the destruction and you remember those signs that say you know the danger of death the radiation event yeah and it's in like four or five different languages and if you notice the sign it's really really worn as if it's been out there for decades yeah like around three decades or so so if the event took place in 86 which, I mean, that's when older Jonas uh, takes the device into the tunnels, and that seems to be when everything happens in 86, then that would kind of support the 2019 post-apocalyptic But he also, theory. doesn't he, he goes through the doors, though, doesn't he? Well, he does. So, and, like, and the, so does th- the accident take place across all time? You know, well, ah, crap. Now, now you really <laughs> got to complicate things. 
<laughs> well, but that's absolutely true. Right, because so. the, the those those portal, that hole or whatever opens between uh Helge is in nineteen fifty three, right? And Jonas is in nineteen eighty six. Correct. Right? And and they touch and so okay, so now here here's here's trippiness happening because Helge goes to nineteen eighty six because he wakes up in the room, the blue room. Did Jonas go back to I mean, it's stupid to think that he went back to 1953 because the girl says, welcome to the future, but. Well, and plus there's all the weapons that weren't there. But remember what we said about the weapons though? Well, true. That's true. Right? They're not like, you know, modern, they're they're World War II era weapons. Well, that's true. Um, Yeah. I mean, look. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's just, I just thought of that, like. Because I thought when when they did that, I'm like, well, because you know, it, obviously we think they switched, right? That they switched, but yet, how did Jonas end up in the future? And, um, well, see, I think they just each. I think they just each moved one point farther to the right gotcha. on the continuum, as opposed to actually switching you know you know that's what you just brought up though the the possibility could they just simply have switched places which probably isn't true but i think if we've learned anything in the three months we've been talking about dark is to not discount anything as impossible right but that but that seems that especially with that that that, right right with especially with the the helicopter drone and especially since if we're going with the assumption that helge changed the future he changed it in 86 so that wouldn't have affected 1953 at all unless like you know people you know be time traveling right yeah in which case who like i mean in which case technically if someone you know if, if people know of the cave and are able to take advantage of it then People from 2019 or from 2053, technically, could, and I guess we're, or 2052. I mean, we're saying 2052 because we just assume that that's the next year, but, but there's only those three, right? Like, so far, we've only confirmed travel between 2019, 1986, and 1953. Correct. Those are right? our reference points at this. At this so, point. if those are the only times that, you know, that, that people can, you know, travel, you know, maybe they, maybe somehow like, you know, time travelers have now been moving back into the past and have affected the past so much that yeah, I, I don't know, but this is a crazy thing about time travel shows. Cause it's just like kind of anything well, well, goes. Well, the other thing you mentioned, and we've mentioned it during the course of the discussions on more than one occasion, we still have to go back to who built those doors who dug out the tunnels right 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 exactly because even if the caves were there before i mean those doors were are clearly human made so So i think we're on in for quite a ride going forward um now helga's gift of Tanhouse's book is that the impetus behind claudia getting involved in time travel when did she get the hold on when did she get the book remember he gives it on her first day on the job 
uh, 86 Helge gives her a, a present. And oh, 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 right. Oh, yeah. He get, right, 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 right. He gives it to Claudia. Yes. And then yeah. in this episode, right, we right, see right, her. Right, right, right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. On, on two occasions, sitting in her car yes. at night, right, looking right. at the book. Yeah. So, I mean, we see all the different individuals with the person they love as the lights are flashing in 53, 86, and 19. And this is, you know, as older Jonas is going through the door. And then we get that scene when Regina and Alexander see that giant electrically charged. I didn't even know what to call it at first. Like I call it looking. their entire special effects budget being blown on one shot. <laughs> All right. And then we see older Claudia holding a gun and Jonas's machine is still sparking. So assume that this is the wormhole, the black hole, whatever we want to call it, that Jonas has opened with the device that now has the cesium 137 edition did he open a bigger wormhole than he intended or is this just what jonas predicted all along what noah predicted yeah what did i say jonas that's okay jo- yeah what noah predicted yeah who know like i mean i think those are our, our two possibilities right that e- either a as noah said he is creating the wormhole here or b uh, he's setting off a cataclysmic event that's way beyond what he imagined was actually going to happen. Right. And, and it's really cool. You know, he opens the device, he's in the cave, and he places the cell phone next to it and, and turns it on. And, and, of course, the device starts moving. And this is when he opens that wormhole. And I just can't help noticing every time the photograph on the phone of the Nielsen family right. and the significance of that. I mean, clearly the Nielsen family is important here. Sure. But are they perhaps more important than we even realize at this point? Well, I mean, I, I, that that's kind of a dead giveaway that, yes, the, I mean, the, while the Nielsen family has been, like, obviously super important, like, they are, this is kind of just a reminder that they are central to this whole thing. You know, like, we might think Jonas is, but... I think, especially from how Noah described Jonas, he seems more like a a bit player, and so that seems like the you know the 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 people who really are the significant people in this are are the the, the is the Nielsen family, you know, yeah, and um, you know, and you know, I I find some measure of hope that right before this cataclysmic event, we see this picture of the family who's really had just a terrible terrible time of it and to see this picture <coughs> of them happy and with their arms around each other and smiling and some people could say that that's a more of a tragic picture and it's sad but i tend to find in that picture like this kind of glimmer of hope that that things might be okay for the nielsen family eventually okay all right i i certainly hope that's true although it's certainly not looking good right, for no, ulrich in good. 1953 yeah yeah well it didn't look good for the ravens in the first quarter of yesterday's game and look what happened oh so. my god no it did not now uh, <laughs> anything else you want to bring up about helga before i just kind of add some odds and ends that uh no i just I, touched on. I, you know just the the whole thing about helga just completely blows my mind you know because as i'm watching like is he 
you know, like, what is he doing? Is because, like, if, if either he remembers all this stuff from when he, when he was younger, and he's just kind of playing out, but he he seems to honestly want himself to stop. So then it's it, so then that that means it's that this isn't stuff that happened before. He doesn't remember this. He's he's creating a new path. So. Nope. You know, it just it just uh, really blows my mind, the whole thing. Well, I think it all comes back to the lies, if you will, that Noah is telling Helga. I mean, what is it he's telling him to get him on board to do what it is he's doing? Um, that's just, uh, again, mind-boggling. Now, 10-year-old Helga, as we said, is now in 1986. How does that impact the course of events? I mean, is that something that's always happened? Because now... There's a 10-year-old Helge in 1986 along with a 43-year-old Helge. Right. right. So, you know, is that going to be a problem? And doesn't an older version of Helge already exist in 86? Or I guess we could say at this point, well, he died in the car crash. Well, even more significant is who had sex with Helge? <laughs> You know, uh, like I'm looking at him in 86. I'm like, okay, I mean, he's not like you know, terrible, but I mean, it's like he's not like really with it. He's got a messed up ear and everything. Like, well, he's like, rocking that one jacket, you know, with the big, big pockets on yeah. the front. <laughs> I'm like someone, you know, like he, you know, like he, he went the distance with someone and created a kid. All right. Now, the other thing that, again, we've talked about from time to time how does the wormhole open the first time? I mean, on the one hand, conventional wisdom says it's in 1986, a result of the power plant incident. But is that in fact true? I always get the sense when I look at those doors in the caves that they've been there a long time, well before 1986. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that so much that I think about it, but I mean, the doors are, are, you know, now that you keep mentioning, like, it's just something like, you know, I didn't really note and took for granted, but you're right that, yeah, like how, how did the doors get there? Who put them there? Because obviously if, if, uh, Jones creates the wormhole in 86, well, if the wormhole creates a, a hole between these three time periods, I guess anyone in any of those time periods could have gone to the cave and and built the doors. Um, Is it when Jonas opens the wormhole with the device in 1986? Is that, in fact, the power plant incident that they're just covering everything else up? I mean, you know, when he opened the wormhole, conceivably it could have, you know, caused some of the nuclear reactors to malfunction or or whatever but um, or was it just this you know this event happening which they see i mean like alexander and regina are watching it in 2019 with you know watching the the big the black bubble or whatever appear so it seems like it happens across you know all three time or three plus time periods right yeah Well, even that is still something that I'm having a difficult time wrapping my head around. Is there only one timeline for each year? I mean, do people simply come and go? For instance, 
there's a 1986 timeline that now has an 11 year old Mickle in it. Yep. There's a 1986 timeline that doesn't have an 11 year old Mickle in it. There's a 53 timeline that's got an adult Ulrich in it. So I, I don't know how all of this works again. Maybe it's that I don't fully understand the, the, causal loop theory that that we're dealing with here but it, it's certainly something that I'm, I'm still puzzling out the other thing and i think we've talked about it before but i'll just throw it out there quickly the chair in the decorated room we learn is a prototype of a time machine older jonas tells uh, his younger self this so why does noah need a time machine is he not able to traverse the caves for some reason i mean jonas well, he, y- younger jonas can go through ulrich went through he doesn't have a device but we've seen he can get around time somehow because we've seen him in 1953 1986 and 2019 right so what's the deal with the chair which clearly does not work correctly well Maybe like i said it will right um <laughs> nice he, uh, I, I, maybe he's looking to go beyond, uh, those three years, right? Maybe he is trying to get to, uh, you know, 2052 or to 19, 1920, right? 1920. Okay. All right. Is that right? Well, let me throw, yeah. All right. right. Well, let me throw one more thing out at you before we go to listener feedback. And that is. If 2019 Jonas, you know, teenage Jonas, goes to 2052 the way many people theorize, then older Jonas must have lived from 2052 to 2085 to get to the age that we see him. Right. And then come back. Right. Right. Well, yeah, because he says it's, you know, 33. He he says he's 33 years older than than what uh you know jonas is now right so, so that would mean he, he's he had to age it sometime right right so that the letter aged between 2019 and tw- uh, i'm i'm sorry between 2052 and 2085 if if we go that route if if that's, if that's where think. if that's where he is right yeah yeah so. Which again, you know, Dave, I was kind of scoffing at your theory before, but I'm this thing might be getting some legs here, man. So, all right. Well, anything else you want to bring up before yes. we go to listener feedback? One thing go I ahead. want to bring up, and this might take a while to talk about. So, I th- the only time the outside world has really been mentioned is one time at the, at the episode one when uh, Bartosh mentions how he had been telling people that uh, Jonas was away in France, right? Okay. Other than that, we've seen nothing of the world outside of Winden, right? So or I mean, even I'm, heard about it. Right, exactly. Or even heard of it. Everything has been insulated in this one community, this one family, and also the fact that, you know, all these kids who are expressing this desire to, to get out of Winden, but they don't. So no one leaves. I mean, Agnes shows up. So she's, you know, so, you know, it seems like outsiders. Get, but I mean, like, I don't know. I just, this time around, like thinking about this, I'm like, you know what? This whole thing is like, 
in winded and not, i mean obviously they're keeping the story centered you know like aristotle's unity of time place and action you know it just feels like we really have like i know it's a small town but it's like completely isolated seems like that so is is winden like the universe here yeah, yeah. again that that's a crazy theory i don't know how much i like really but i was just wondering because it just seems to me odd that we really haven't gotten really much of any reference to the world outside of Winden. And people I don't like leave. It. I like it a lot. All right. Anything else? No, that, 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 was, that was a big thing. Oh, okay. That didn't take as long as I thought. So, right. Uh, <laughs> well, all right. So we'll move over to listener feedback. And we hear from Fred again this week. But we also hear from Krista. So let's... Take a listen to what she has to say, what Fred has to say, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Hi, Dave and Wayne. This is Krista from California. I have a a few questions that I don't think you or Fred have addressed. I'm questioning Bartosh being Noah. When Claudia comes to see Bartosh, she says something like, you have features of the two of them, which is a little cryptic. Could Noah be Bartosh's father? Bartosh has very deep brown eyes, where Noah has light blue eyes. The casting people have done such a remarkable job matching up younger, older characters. I don't think they would have missed that. I'm not yet convinced Noah, Bartosh are the same person. Also, who's Peter's mother? Why don't we see him in 1986? Uh, Helga is there. Where is he? Those are my wonderings. Thanks for the podcast. I really enjoy it. Thanks also to Fred for all his insights, questions, detective work, and Facebook posts. I'm also a high school teacher, so I can relate to a lot of what you share. Thanks again, and I can't wait for season two of Dark. And Travelers should be back soon, too, I'm hoping. Thanks again. Bye. Hello, everybody. This is Fred with the feedback for episode 10 of Dark, season one. First off, I had the right feeling that the future uh, is in some sense uh, post-apocalyptic. Of course, this was not so difficult to predict. Big question remains whether this is due to the wormhole setting in Winden. Claudia has a vast amount of knowledge about different timelines and how things should happen. For instance, how to get uh, Ulrich involved. She orders uh, Peter and Trante to move Matt's body to the right spot in the woods so Ulrich and Charlotte can find him there. I really wonder in what time period Claudia aged, and the same is true for the older Jonas and Helge. There will be one wordplay you have missed if you were listening to the English dubbed version. Egan Tiedemann asks Ulrich whether he is a Satanist, and Ulrich answers, no, I'm a cop. In German, however, a cop is a polizist, which rhymes to Satanist. So Egan asks, are you a Satanist? And Ulrich answers, no, I'm a polycist. Funny thing here is that Egan asked Jonas exactly the same 33 years later. One could really wonder what has changed in this simple soul in 33 years. Talking about simple versus bright souls. What I always found remarkable is that Egan's daughter Claudia is such a bright and intelligent woman whereas Egan is quite small-minded, as Ulrich nicely tells him in 1953. I think Claudia uh, got her intelligence from her mother Doris. Another simple soul is of course Helge, but in his case I always wondered if the attack by Ulrich causing a severe head trauma 
did the trick there. Helga does have intelligent parents and an academic educated son. The encounter and fight between Jonas and Bartos was of course inevitable. I can only say one thing about this scene, it never drizzles in Winden. I didn't get it how a mobile phone connects to a 1950s built time machine. On the other hand, the design was given by uh, a woman that lived in 2052. Best quote of the episode is by Tannhaus, because it explains the whole series. It's not just the past that influences the future, the future also influences the past. Best visual moment of the episode, the two Trontes together. In this way, you don't need any Tatjana Maslanis. It is a little uh, naive of Tronte and Peter to believe Claudia that she can change the timeline. Well, we at least now know where they got their little notebook from. Big question is, of course, which pages are torn out and why. I think it will be the pages that describe a different timeline. Perhaps the timeline that should cease to exist. It's not completely clear to me how Claudia will change the timeline uh, or stopping changing it for once and for all. Or is that what Jonas is going to try? Helga asks Noah in 1986, who's next? And Noah looks up, looks it up in uh, his notebook and answers, Jonas Carnwell. Is this the same notebook as Tronte has in 2019? If you compare them to the hand size of Tronte and Noah, the notebooks are at least the same size and have the same leathery brown cover. If you have a look, proper look at the notebook opened by Tronte, it seems to contain some Christian motives. I really wonder why. With a crucifixion and a Jesus figure. Which also could be Jonas, because he looks a bit like that. If you have a look at the notebook opened by Noah, you clearly can see the drawing of, a, of the bunker. Funny detail is that Helga has a pine cone in his hand in that same scene. He really is obsessed by those things. If it is the same notebook as, no, as Noah has, how did Claudia get it? I think Noah gave it to Bartois. Best moment of the episode. Charlotte's face when she sees the 1953 newspaper with Ulrich's photo in it. It's just gold. So, who knows about time travel by now? Noah, Claudia, Helge, Miguel, Ines, Jonas, Tannhaus, Peter and Tronte, Ulrich, Charlotte, Bartois, and the dead Mats, Eric and Yassin. So, quite a few. Furthermore, the whole gang from the future, because the young woman openly says to Jonas, when he arrives, welcome to the future. Did I forget somebody? Well, Gretchen perhaps. After the crash of 1986 Helge with 2019 Helge, we see a newspaper article. I checked it for details, uh, and of course it's in German, but there is nothing important in it apart from where it happened, which car types were involved, that one driver survived and the other not, what traffic problems it caused, and how much damage is uh, and how much damage is caused. 4,500 German marks. Nothing is said about the identity of both drivers. 
Most important quote, I think, from the episode Noah to Bortars in his car. The older Jonas will destroy the wormhole, but he doesn't realize that he will be the one that triggered its existence. A paradox. The cesium in his useless machine won't destroy the wormhole forever. It, it's what creates it in the first place. He thinks he is the savior, but Claudia lied to him. Noah also says, and, uh, I, and actually agrees on this point uh, with Claudia, as long as uh, we are in this time loop, we who know have to make sure that every step will be repeated exactly as it was before. When Noah says to Bartos, we will free humanity from its immaturity, what kind of we does he mean? We in the sense of him, Bartos and other co-workers, or we in the sense of a kind of pluralis majestatis, so as uh, the one person, Noah Bartos. When Jonas excavates the time machine, we encounter all kinds of disturbances. One is very peculiar, and that is just before Magnus and Francesca's television goes to static interference. We shortly see a radar advert advertisement. What the heck? I did a Wikipedia check on Radar versus Twix, as Wayne did before. The English Wikipedia says that Radar was produced in the UK from 1967 onward and introduced as Twix in the US from 1979. From 1991, the name also changed in Europe to Twix, apart from the Scandinavian countries and Turkey, where it took until 2000. The Dutch Wikipedia page also mentions that and watch it, in 2009 the name Raider shortly was reintroduced into Germany and in the Netherlands and Belgium in 2015, so only three years ago. Perhaps the producers of Dark got their fresh packages from that production lot. Everything said, it remains strange that in 2019, uh, that the 2019 TV set suddenly shows 1986, adver uh, 1986 advertisement. One negative point, I didn't like the kind of dome Regina and Alexander are watching in the sky. And the other point, the rift in the bunker where suddenly Mads falls out. Both too weird and artificial, almost stranger things like. Hello Dave and Wayne, this is Fred from the Netherlands with some extra feedback for Dark Season 1 Episode 10. Well, actually it's not for the episode, but for the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch Episode 267. Uh, so the first podcast about this uh, Dark episode. As, uh, as said before, uh, Doc uh, Crabtree uh, was referring to the family uh, connections in Winden uh, being shaped as pretzels. Um, when I was discussing this, this in my first feedback, uh, Wayne made a remark on that Bartois is his own great-great-grandfather and really got confused, more or less. So I posted on the Facebook page uh, some new pedigrees. And what I'm referring to in my first feedback, uh, you just can visually see it there. And by making these pedigrees, I also discovered that Bartois is actually Jonas's, and they are fighting there in the rain, but actually they, Jonas is fighting his great-great-grandfather there. Because 
Watch it. If you grow from Jonas to his father, Michael, to his grandfather, Ulrich, to his great-grandfather, Tronte, and if Agnes Nielsen, her husband, so Tronte's mother, was really married to Noah, then that is, of course, Bartois. So, Bartois is Jonas's great-great-grandfather, and actually Martha's great-grandfather, by Martha, Ulrich, Tronte, and then to Noah, who is Bartois. You get it? Second topic, topic, I want to make you a compliment that after watching it uh, in the dubbed English version, you both also watched the original German version um, as well with the English subtitles. And uh, I think it was nice that you both said that it sounded much better and it was not much nicer. Well, I watched the whole series in German with Dutch subtitles and uh, yeah, it's really, really much better. Um, one of the other things you discussed is that uh, the thing, it shouldn't be uh, Mikkel's dream, so that the whole dark um, construction is just a dream by Mikkel or somebody else, and uh, that at the end of season two or whatever, somebody wakes up and uh, says this is all a dream. Well, I don't believe uh, that will be true. I don't think the makers of dark will do that. At uh, timestamp uh, one hour and 12 minutes in the podcast, Wayne said, um, when Bartos and Jonas are fighting um, in the rain, there are vertical white stripes on Bartos' hoodie, like a collar of a priest. Um, and he never saw a hoodie like that. Uh, of course, Wayne is referring to Noah here. Perhaps a secret little reference to Noah by the showrunners. And Wayne, you said... Perhaps I'm chasing a big red herring here. Well, I have to disappoint you. I think you do. Uh, I took a screenshot of uh, of that fight um, at uh, almost 70 minutes into the episode. Uh, and I made that screenshot uh, brighter uh, in a photo editor. And what you can see, uh, it are simply two uh, drawstrings. Uh, so the things that uh, with what you uh, are tightening your hoodie. At uh, 1 minute 27 into the podcast, Wayne said, the future later is Martin, Marta, and I'm so right. Well, Wayne, they do look alike, but I don't fully agree. I will come back to that in my second of 11 questions. So last point, um, Wayne also said that the guy that is standing behind uh, this future lady could be Magnus. Well, from his facial features... Um, uh, although it's not very clear, uh, this could be true. And I also posted the comparison on the Facebook uh, page. So, I wish you all the luck with the rest of the podcast. Um, I hope you can keep it uh, within one and a half hour. Uh, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. All right, well, Krista, thank you so much for joining in the discussion. I hope this is not the only time you send in some feedback, but... Krista raises the idea that maybe Bartosh is not Noah. However, could Noah be Bartosh's father? Then what of Alexander as Bartosh's father? I mean, are we thinking that there was perhaps an affair somewhere along the line? If that's yeah. in fact the case. Could be, yeah. 
who's Peter's mother. And I'm pretty sure we don't get any indication throughout the first 10 episodes about Peter's mother. He does mention, though, earlier, I want to say episode five or six, somewhere in the middle, I believe, that he came to Wyndon in 1987. But we don't really see any information about his mother. I can't see it being Claudia. Because, you know, even as children, she didn't yeah. seem to really like him. No, 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 no. So uh, the fact that we don't know probably tells us that it's important somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that was kind of how, you know, I, I early on I'd been, you know, talked about the um, absence of, of Claudia um, from 2019 you know, we meet her fairly early on, but like she's not around 2019. Well, it turns out, you know, there's a pretty important reason for that. So, yeah, I, I would have to think that the the fact that we don't know, um, as I flippantly surmised before, you know, who Peter's mother is, that it's got to be a pretty significant person. Yeah, I would think so. And then, uh, Krista, great to have another high school teacher on board. Yeah. As we've said many times, Wayne and I have been really fortunate to have had the freedom to incorporate a good deal of science fiction literature, film, and TV into our classrooms. And I, I always come back, and I've probably told you this uh, story. Uh, I use Rush's song 2112, which is a, a tale of a post-apocalyptic future. And the one it's kid comes in. It's a kick-ass song, too. Oh, absolutely. This <laughs> kid comes in one day. It's like, thanks a lot, Mr. Vitt. I'm like what my father found my notated lyrics and now he wants us to watch stuff together <laughs> like, oh, sorry dude but all right let's uh tackle fred's and he's got quite a few things he first says speaking of post-apocalyptic futures that he feels it's inevitable and while i think it certainly could be predicted i'm not quite ready to say inevitable but it certainly could be what some of the parties are trying to stop i think that's what jonas is probably trying to stop i wonder whether that's what claudia is trying to stop we as we said before it's just at, at this point it's just really impossible uh to tell yeah yeah now the wordplay with egon and and between he and, and Ulrich and, and whether he's a Satanist or not. And, you know, Fred points out uh, about the fact that you miss out on the nuance. And when I watched it in German, I picked up on it immediately after Fred pointed it out to me. So it's something that at this point, we English speakers are just simply going to have to deal with that some of the nuance we're going to miss out on. Yeah. But th this whole idea of the... But everyone else misses out on the nuance of uh, Avengers Infinity War, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, he brings up the idea of a simple versus bright souls theory. And, and I, too, wondered that about Helga. I mean, he seems like a reasonably bright boy before Ulrich's beating. Uh, well, well, I remember mean, that, math, math homework and not good. Uh, right. Those are pretty poor, but he appears pretty observant at the plant site that day when he sees the bodies being discovered by the police and he recounts what it is he saw in a fairly lucid manner. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say he's the village idiot the way he almost comes across 
right. as he gets older. But I, I like that theory, Fred. Absolutely. Okay. Now, uh, the role of the mobile phone in time travel, in, in the device that uh, future Jonas has, it takes me back to that statement that I believe it's Tanhouse who says it, the future influences the past. And I'm not going to pretend to understand the electrical aspects of how a cell phone works, but the future yeah. phone clearly influences the past machine, Yeah, which is something that I, I just love. Again, it makes my brain hurt, but I <laughs> love it nonetheless. Right, right. Um, now, the little book, and we talked about this a, a little while ago, Claudia gives Tronte and Peter the book and, and whether or not it's the same book that Noah gives to Bartosh. Uh, on the one hand, how can it be? The missing yeah. pages are problematic since pages are generally torn out to prevent someone else from seeing them. So sure. what's on these missing pages? But is it the same book? I, I would say, and, and I think you concur from, from last week's discussion, yes, it is. I mean, we've seen two of the same letters Mm-hmm. can coexist in the same timeline the the machine we see two of it so why not two of the book as well you know? yeah yeah right somewhere along the line pages got torn out just as somewhere along the line the letter from michael gets really worn and discolored so yeah well and and you know there's michael mickle exists at the same time we know the letter exists for a while at the same time so yeah. Now, Claudia seeing Ulrich's face in the newspaper article from 1953 might be the biggest reveal in the season. Well, or at least one of them. So yeah. what she's thinking at that point, I can't even imagine, you know? I, yeah, right. Like, what, what do you say? You know, unless you, you know, I mean, my first thought would probably be like Ulrich's messing with me. You know, he somehow you know, created this page back in the microfiche or whatever. But. Yeah, I, I don't think he did. She thinks that, but, um, but I mean, would that, I mean up- like, like I, I mean, I watched like a lot of sci-fi, but I think I would probably think that before I thought, oh my God, Ulrich time traveled, you know? Well, I, I know what you're saying. And, and it's like when Nurse Enes in her conversation with teenage Jonas says, you know, he told me it was from the future. And of course I didn't believe him. However, along the way, apparently she does learn to believe him. So, so of course, the first reaction is not going to be that. But you wonder, in 2019, have enough weird things happened in Wyndon that Charlotte's mind is open? Maybe that's too much even for a Wyndon resident to right, accept. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. All right. Now, Fred brings up Noah's conversation with Bartosh. And he asks, why does the timeline have to be protected? Who wants to protect it? Who wants to change it? Who wants to break the loop? All great questions. And, and, and I think we said a few minutes ago, it seems as if Noah wants to keep things intact, or at least he wants to control things, while Jonas wants to break it and, and stop things. And, and Claudia... We're just not sure at this point. But the fact that she gives the book to Tronte and Peter, I mean, you would think it's to do something that she wants them to do. It's just that we don't know, is it 
for good or for evil. You know, we we still don't have a good read on her. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and then we mentioned that dome that Regina and Alexander watch in the sky. And Fred mentions that he didn't like it from a, a narrative device. And, and I can't say I did either because I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I, I, I'm starting to think, is this going to be like under the dome and this big right. dome is going to go down over Winden? And, 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 and I hate a- the fact that the first thing I thought when I saw that was under the dome because I swore I would never think of that show ever again in my life. Boy, boy, did that show go downhill in a hurry? It, that <laughs> went downhill even faster than Heroes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, obviously, I haven't watched Heroes because you have panned it so badly. But, uh, okay. but yeah, that that show went south fast for sure. So. Fred took up the challenge, as we knew he would, and he examined Bartosh's hoodie. And yeah. the insignia that you mentioned last week, and I, I saw what you were talking about, and, and dude, I was, I was with you, but Don't, there's, no, there's, no, there's no sense in, in using past tense here. I know. But Fred points out that they are, in fact, drawstrings on the hoodie. Right, which is fine. I mean, it doesn't change the fact that the hoodie, to me, is clearly reminiscent of like uh, like of, of a priest collar. I know it wasn't an actual priest collar, um, and whether it was a marking or whether it's it's drawstrings, I I think th- that still it's the 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 sh- you know the the creators of the show are building that connection between Bartosh and Noah. Now, does that mean that Bartosh will become Noah? Well, not necessarily. I mean, I I as I said, I still kind of like the idea. But I, I certainly think – I mean, they could have had him wearing any hoodie ever, right? And they had one that has like this off-colored thing here that's lighter than the rest that to me is kind of reminiscent of a priest collar like Noah was wearing. So, yeah, I'm, no, not, I'm not backing I, away from that one minute, one step. No, and I agree with you. I, I think that's simply a clever – way for the director to get his or her point across in this case it's a it's a male so yeah i'm with you on that 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 even though it is clearly drawstrings that doesn't negate your pointing that out as uh something we should pay attention to right now future boy and future girl it's all clearly about the ages as to whether they're characters we already know and there's some good discussion on the facebook group about that I showed future girl's picture to Mary and and she saw it. We binged it, you know, months ago. And I just said, you know, how old do you think this girl is? And she said, I don't know, 18 to 23. Uh, Okay. (laughs) And yeah, well, I I felt bad. Oh, okay. So I think you're in the minority. Yeah. 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 I mean, absolutely. You know, I, all right. So, so here's what I think. First of all, those, those Germans age. Well, I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. Like, because when I look at the guy playing the stranger, to me, like, obviously he couldn't pass for like 20, but he didn't seem as old as he was supposed to be. And then I went, so like my kind of last gasp of hope here in this whole theory was that, um, you know, I, I would look up the actor playing the stranger and find out he's like, you know, 25 years old or something like that. But he's like 50 years old. He's older than I am even. But he looks great. Like, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, they the the girl is what she's not even she she's like what 
she's she's 19 years old mm-hmm. um so uh she's definitely i apologize wholeheartedly to the actress uh you know please don't take it wrong that uh that i, I was just trying i was seeing things because i was i was blinded by my uh supposed brilliance and uh right, but 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 fred also brings up the the guy to her, her well it's to her right it, it's the left in the picture that that's possibly magnus and right. you know he he provides the photographic evidence to not necessarily support that but to you know let your own eyes decide so i i guess i don't feel like any of those people are people that we already know yeah so I, yeah, I don't, yeah i don't know I, I i know i have to come to terms with that's probably the most likely scenario is that that right that all the people in that but i just feel like then like especially with the whole setup with the two guys behind her and everything i mean i i do it, it could be just to make the, her look more threatening but i just feel like that 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 whole shot like there is more meaning there than than meets the eye, I guess. So oh, I'm sure there is. There's no question. And whether or not those people, her in particular, will be related to somebody that we already know, I think that's pretty darn likely. But yeah, I guess. But, we'll but see. clearly, they're not going to you know find an actress who is actually younger than the actress already playing Martha to play older Martha, right? That that right. is that's that's just stupid in, in the extreme so so i can definitely say that theory uh before it really had a chance to to flourish and to enjoy its time on earth has been shot down by the cruel bullet of reality and uh <laughs> that so it's definitely yeah that 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 lady is definitely not martha though i i don't know i guess maybe not, looking at them now like i don't even know if they look that much like their noses are different and everything so, um, so yeah, so, but, so that begs the question, who is she? When is she? Just all, all the, all the questions that, uh, that we have here. Because, I mean, like, no matter how you put it, it was probably one of the biggest just turns in, in a television series ever. Like when just like a series that already was like way out there in left field now is banked even further to the left and now we're just we're just completely off the rails and who knows what's going on right now well for any other show we would call this a really hardcore paradigm shift yes but this is dark so while it is a shift is it a game changer ah it's it's this is dark but right. speaking of questions, let, let's tackle Fred's. He's got a lot of them. And the first one, and, and some of these we've already dealt with, but his first one is what you were getting at at the beginning of the podcast. Fred says, I didn't get where the title of the episode Alpha and Omega came from. Do you guys have an idea? And obviously Alpha, the beginning, and Omega, the end. For me, it goes to the concept, to the theory of these people trying to break the loop that to break it do we have to find its beginning how did the loop start i i I don't know but alpha and omega for me it's the beginning of this loop and ultimately the end outside of that i don't don't know well well, right and 
whenever you have those two, you you can't ignore the the biblical implications because that's what you know Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So, you know, that that phrase in the English well in any language, you know, really is uh, you know, really infused with a lot of, of Christianity there. So does that mean we have some kind of Christ figure? Is that what Jonas is here? And, and, as, and as you said, certainly it, it suggests that the loop. Right. And as we've said on a number of occasions, are we being set up for a religious allegory of sorts through the use of time travel? And I guess that's a possibility. All right. Yeah. Fred brings up the girl who says to Jonas at the end of the episode, welcome to the future. Martha, as Wayne suggested in the spoiler zone of episode seven, uh, immediately after Wayne made this suggestion that she actually looks too young to be Martha, I agree on that and fully agree that their faces are just as similar as Bartosh and Noah. Perhaps this girl is Martha's daughter or perhaps Francesca and Magnus's daughter. And that's the reason we see them so often in the previous episodes with no obvious reason. And I love that thinking because it then addresses the scene where magnus and francesca have sex and i mean outside of well why would they want to have sex yeah. uh, but does that union or even a subsequent union but even produce a daughter okay right well i'm just saying like even if it had she would be 33 years old if it's 2052 now correct if it's 2019, and this is my absolute last gasp, this is, I'm not even really halfway serious of this, but if like they couldn't get the actress to come back and play Martha, <laughs> here's my last stab at the girl is Martha, okay? <laughs> that somehow the girl who played Martha in season one, like got a big movie deal, couldn't come back to do season two, so they got another actress to play Martha in season two. I doubt that sincerely, but I'm just throwing it out there as the last desperate gasp of a of a obviously poorly thought out theory. You know, I mean, like honestly, Dave, I think I'm starting to come around to your your idea that this is 2019 and not 2052. Okay, so all right. His third question: Who added the thread between younger and older Jonas on the picture wall in 2052? If it in fact is 2052, uh, and while I think we said last week. You'd think if it was Jonas's wall, he would know, obviously. So that leads me to believe that this is Claudia's wall rather than Noah. And outside of that, I'm not sure who we would really conceivably assume would control this bunker. So I'm, I'm going right. to go with Claudia. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think Claudia, we've seen her looking at the the wall, certainly. and And like I said, now... If if Helge has changed things and what Jonas walks out to at the end of the season one is uh, 2019 and not 2052, then you know that wall obviously didn't exist in the 2019 of the original timeline. Right. So now he says we still don't know why Noah and Helga abduct kids and put them in the electric chair. What are they yeah, trying to achieve? Do. I have thought sure about do. it many times but I still have no idea. Or, well, I mean, older Jonas says they're merely guinea pigs. Yeah. And, and I think that's the only thing we can really hang on to that makes any sense. And yeah. what they're actually 
trying to achieve in terms of where are they trying to go in time, Noah and Helge, that is, we don't know. But, right. but yeah, they're just trying to get it to, to work. Yeah. Yeah. And so they get now, kids and they test it on them and the kids die. So they're like, oh, darn, get another kid, fire it up again. Yeah. Right. Now he brings up the question about the the notebook that you know we talked about a few minutes ago and, and uh, how it could appear twice in the same timeline and he you know mentions the same fashion as the letter from michael and and yeah absolutely now he says some websites suggest that Tanhouse is charlotte doppler's grandfather i myself did report a connection between Tanhouse and charlotte since on the 2052 picture wall there is a direct line between them However, the line does not go to one of her parents. Her parents are simply two empty, small, transparent sheet protectors on the wall. There are three more, by the way, Enes Conwald's mother, Regina Tideman's father, and Peter Doppler's mother, so actually Helge's wife. Apart from this connection on the picture wall, did you encounter any connection between Charlotte and Tanhouse during this first season of Dark? I didn't, he says. And I mean, I didn't really either. I mean, really, Tanhouse, outside of his connection with the stranger, his connection with Ulrich, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the young girls when they come into the shop to pick up the, the watch. Yeah, but that's, I mean, we're, we're, that's, that's about it, right? Right. And, and those girls, obviously, because it's 1953, so none of those girls are, are Charlotte. Right. And, we, and, so, and it doesn't seem like Tan House exists in, in um, you know, 2019. So, so I mean, so the, the suggestion there, right, is is that um, you know, Burnt Doppler is not Helge's father, right? Is that what the the theory is there? That yes, I mean that's right? certainly what the and mother instead, alludes to. She, but I I feel like. You know, I don't know if Tan House is kind of her speed, you know. Like, I don't know if she would be getting down the clockmaker, is what I'm saying. Well, and, and just to get back to Fred's question, no, but yeah, again, no, just no. Doesn't, <laughs> right. All right. Uh, who's the creator of the picture wall? Claudia, Jonas, or someone else? One would assume Claudia, but because there's no picture at the position of the father of her daughter, Regina, I doubt that. She surely knows who he is. Oh, uh, does and, she? And, you know, I think we're going to all go with Claudia at this point. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, I think it's telling, though, that we don't see her, like, interacting with the wall. We just see her looking at it. Well, that's true. You know. Uh, that's a good point. So then if it's not Jonas and it's not Claudia, I, I just can't see it being Noah. Maybe it's future girl. Well, there you go. All right. Speaking of future girl, is the post-apocalyptic world caused by the whole wormhole thing or had it another reason? I'm going with another reason. I'm going with the fact that that's what they're trying to change. Something happened. Somebody in our world, in this universe that you alluded to a few minutes ago, somebody did something that brought about this devastating ending so that's what i'm going with okay well i i think the wormhole is involved so i don't i don't think the wormhole necessarily made this world i think if anything made this world it's helge t-boning his own car okay has, has brought this world about um and the ripple effect yeah 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 
so, but that all is related to the wormhole, though. So I don't know if the wormhole is, you know, I don't think it's the direct cause, but I think it is part of the cause. I mean, I, I guess I'm going back to the theory that it's the people, not the event, if, if that makes sense. Right. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you in that I don't think the wormhole directly is what is causing this apocalypse, but I think because of this battle for the control of time, um, that that's why things are as they are. All right. If Bartosh is Noah and Trante is Regina's father, then Bartosh is his own great-grandfather. So I think only one of these two hypotheses is true. Which one do you guys prefer? I'm on board with Bartosh's Noah. The similarity is just too striking in in terms of the facial features. It it really is, um, especially. uh, I mean, the facial features, those are, yeah, like they're really, really close. Um, And I know I'm probably the one who suggested that Tronte might be Regina's father, but I don't think I really, I don't think that carries a lot of credence. Um, I think, especially when we see them in 1986, where they're older, but still clearly, you know, mess around with one another, you know, it, it seems like two people having a, uh, a liaison and not as you would assume, like even if they were keeping the secret that, uh, Regina was his father. I think there would be more of a serious nature to their relationship, and it seems to just purely a, a you know kind of like a a sexual one, you know. And and also with that, I mean, from what we've seen of Tronte in the future, I know I ragged him a lot earlier, but you know we see him kind of end up being a kind of stand up guy who cares for the people around him. I just can't imagine him having a daughter that he never talked to and ignored her existence, especially when she's getting such a hard time um, yeah, from his own kid, right? Because well, well, Ulrich's me- kind of like the, he, he kind of, you know, teases her too. So, you know, if he knew that Regina was his daughter, he, I mean, I just, I don't see his child as being someone who could have like a secret daughter. Like I'm not, well, I'm not really buying that. So. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I can go either way on that, but I I go back to Bartosh as Noah and and the parallel between what older Jonas is doing with his younger self, almost training him, preparing him for his journey ahead, which almost seems as if that's what Noah's doing with Bartosh. And in conjunction with the facial features, um, that's, I'm going with that. All right. Sure. In what time period? I'm still, that's my one, that's all I got left. All I've got left is is Bartosh becomes Noah, so uh, I'm going to hold on to that one. All right. In what time period did Claudia age? I have the same question for the older Jonas and Helge. Will Jonas stay in the future and age there, and will he be a missing teenager from now onward in 2019? Yes, I th- I think he is going to stay in this future or wherever he is alternate 2019 and age there if it is in fact 2052 then yes i think he will be a missing teenager from now onward in 2019 and i i just wonder knowing what he knows I, i guess the desire to want to go back 
to to say let my mother know i'm okay but i'm not going to see you for a while not necessarily tell her i'm traveling to the future but i i just wonder but yeah to, fred to answer your question i think yes they're going to age in the future which goes back to what i was saying about older jonas that if in fact teenage jonas is in now 2052 then he must have aged to the point where we see him as a stranger until 2085. So are we going to see 2085 as one of these new reference points? Right. Which so. again, this is where I start to think that your, your theory has legs. Cause I just don't, I don't, I don't really necessarily see them going there. You know, it makes a lot more sense that he went back to 2019. That's been changed you know, terribly. So he will age from 2019 to 2052, at which, but the, I don't know. It's, oh God, I just, I, don't, I just don't know. <laughs> it's just, you know, cause there's, they could go just anywhere with this at all. But I, I, I have to admit, I, I am liking your, your theory more and more, uh, the more I think about it. Okay. And, and then his final question sort of piggybacks <laughs> to use the, word that you don't want to use on what we just were talking about when 1953 helge and 2019 jonas touch in 1986 why does the one land in 1986 and the other in 2052 well as we've said i don't think he lands in 2052 i think they each jump forward one reference point right so i'll just leave it at that Fred, great questions, great feedback. Uh, Krista, hope to hear from you again um, about you know any of the shows we're doing. Uh, I mean, certainly we've got Travelers, and you mentioned that in your feedback. So we've got that coming up in a couple of short months, hopefully. Uh, anything else you want to add before we close this one out? You know, I, I, I don't think so. God, I mean, we've talked about it for like three hours now, so I guess... Then that's going to do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. We want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Dark, or anything else that's going on in genre TV. Encourage you to join the Facebook group. Share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. If you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails can go via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to take a look at the fan-produced online series, Star Trek continues, which I will put on the Facebook group. But until then, you know, Dave, I remember talking to you after you know you retired, and I moved into your room and took over journalism. I said I had all these questions for you. you said, you know, Wayne, everything you've experienced, I've already experienced.